It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All systems go for Joe Burrow. Two straight days of practice, and it sounds like he's well ahead of where he was last year coming off the appendectomy. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lesko. He's your host James Rapine. We've got your Bengals updates daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network and you can find this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast and when you subscribe that makes it really easy to join that first listen club that we talk about all the time and if you're new that just means you make us your first listen every day and to become an everydayer not missing out on any of our content regarding your Cincinnati Bengals and all the great analysis we do around that. Today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast brought to you by the Game Time app, where you can create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Big story again today, James, is Joe Burrow continuing to work his way back to full participation in practice. Looks like a little bit of a lighter day. No pads today for the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday before their off weekend, their long weekend, and then preparations for the Cleveland Browns take hold in earnest. They've got a game week coming up, but judging from what Brian Callahan had to say, what we heard yesterday about the throw to Charlie Jones, what Trenton Irwin had to say, sounds like Joe Burrow is really clicking on all cylinders despite missing about a month of time. He looks like the Joe Burrow that, that we're used to seeing. And he's not doing – and we're not at practice for the full time. So it's hard for me to compare him to the guy I saw on July 26th and July 27th pre-injury. But you remember me raving about how what how well he was playing, how good he looked, and how dialed in he was. But going through the individual drills, he looks like the same guy. And focused, calm – backpedaling he's doing his his normal like just the way he stands all of those things it's all the same it's not like he's wincing it's not like he's straining or powering through or anything like that and and so the fact that he did it yesterday and then came back today nothing on his calf there there was no uh, facial expressions nothing like that I, I think it's a great great sign now zach taylor saying that the joe pre-practice was going to do about as much as he did Wednesday on Thursday. Brian Callahan also talked uh, after practice and he's done some team stuff. And I think that's really good. And at the same time, I don't think they're making him go off script too much. They don't want bodies around him, which makes a ton of sense because naturally he's going to want to create and do the things that Joe Burrow does. And you need him to do that in 10 days when the regular season starts. And naturally we're recording 
recording this on Thursday afternoon, but today was another step. Yesterday got a ton of attention, but the fact that he was able to come back out there today, practice, be on his feet for multiple hours, and look fine, I think that's a huge, huge step for him in his quest to be out there week one, which I think we all expect at this point, which is fair. At the same time, it was good to see him out there and go through this process. Yeah, I think as expected and good to see is is roughly where we're at. Zach Taylor describing it as they had a, a schedule, they had a timeline that mm-hmm. they obviously didn't share with the world. This is in accordance with that timeline. And it's similar our listeners to what, knew that timeline. Yeah, our the, listeners knew that timeline, Jake. Exactly. Yeah, S- similar to what we've talked about on this show, where, you know, <laughs> I speculated that we might see him at the earliest last week and more likely, as you've said all along, and as I agreed with all along, we would see him this week and next week as they give him a ramp up period, give him the, the time to prep. For, for the Cleveland Browns in, in a full practice week. And really love Trent Irwin's quote. Uh, Jeff Hobson has this over at Bengals.com. He looks way better than I thought. I don't mean that with any disrespect. Coming back from a month and rarely seeing him for a while, it's fun to see. Very fun. Very fun to see. Creative throws, threw some good balls out there. Excited to see him move around. He throws special balls. That's what he does. Good to see him back out there doing what he does. And then you... Add on top of that, Brian Callahan's, he's in a good place. We've got a good plan in place for week one. Everything we've heard from the, you know, the Charlie Jones throw yesterday that we mentioned on the go ball where Charlie Jones didn't have to break stride. Your description that it's all systems go. This is where he should be. Four weeks, five weeks removed from what was likely a grade one or maybe grade 1.5 calf strain. And barring setbacks, and that's why they, we think they gave him that extra time, should be plenty of time to build on this leading into week one with a full week of practice next week. All right, look, the fact that you've, you've said all systems go in regards to Joe and not all systems Joe, I literally almost cut you off in the open. I almost did. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't do that. I cut Jake off a ton. I'm not going to do that. But you just said it again, and I'm still kicking myself because I didn't cut you off then either. All systems Joe. You got to say it. Come on, Jake. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, you said it. That's great. Go ahead. Come on, Jake. You get the credit. I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. You don't want to be that cheesy. I I get it. I get it. All right. All right. No, I mean, you just, you already said it. Why would I, I, you know? I see how it is. Uh, I I think, uh, you know, when it's really all systems, Joe, when we see him on the ping pong table, it's been a while. Been a while since I saw Joe Burrow on the ping pong table. And I haven't today. I didn't today, to be fair. Uh, So that's when I'll be like, okay, there's nothing. Because I, I didn't see him today after practice. I'm sure he's getting treatment. By the way, the Bengals are off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back Monday. And um, this is kind of that time now where he's going to talk on Wednesday. That's normal game week responsibilities. Contract, can you combine it all in one? A contract gets done Tuesday. He talks Wednesday. It's a whole hoopla. I, I wonder um, I, Brian did talk about this, and, and the reason I bring it up is because I know it's on everybody's minds. Brian Callahan was asked about it, and he was like, just the guys I've been around. And I know he was in Detroit when Stafford got a big deal, and it's different money now, but he was obviously in Detroit it, with Stafford. He's like, it is a weight lifted when that's done. And I think Joe Burrow is really good at compartmentalizing and focusing mm-hmm. on the task at hand. But that will that part will be nice. And so 
we'll see when it gets done. Who knows? But uh, we'll have that here, obviously, on Locked On Bengals when it does. Will be nice for everyone involved. And like we, my story's said, been written. My story's been written for like two months, bro. Yeah, I mean, you could have written it in January. Really, it's just a matter of changing. Like, oh well, it extended into August, into early September. And then, you know, you add that paragraph because that was unexpected. It went a little bit longer than we thought it might have, which is a little Bengalsy, right? The, the fact that this oh. is taking a little bit of time. Wow. Is also, it? I mean, they're, they're stubborn in negotiations. It might be. It might not be. It, it appears to be a little Bengalsy. You know what I mean? I, get, I, I think you might see that on like first things first. I was shocked to hear that on locked on Bengals. Well, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it's, it's back. It, it could just be burrow waiting for messing. some reason, but you know what I mean? Right? Like the, these sorts of big negotiations can take time. It's clearly taking time. You go back to a month ago after Herbert's deal got done. And there was a feeling that, okay, burrow knows what the floor is. Now this can get done pretty quick. And, and now here we are in September. What if the final thing is like when the like the official indoor is built, like right now they have the the temporary facility, but when they have the that, that it's called like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow practice fields or yeah. something, and that's the final hang up. Like you you just never know with negotiations, and so right. I don't think there's a bad, and I know you're not saying this, but just to be clear, I don't think there's a bad guy on either side. If the Bengals are pushing for more years push for more years i don't blame them you know as long as it gets done i i don't really the how does it matter as much yeah what was something like this and so that said will will t get done i think i think that one is becoming more and more unlikely between now and and the start of the season and maybe that's all it is maybe as many fans have speculated it's just burrow waiting for t to get done who knows like it could be any number of things right it would be nice to see this get done before next wednesday because Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, those are your your full on preparing for week one. You're in the season at that point. And like you said, it would be nice to just get that off of everybody's mind, have it re- have it done, move on into the season. We'll see what happens then. As James said, we'll have you covered when it does happen, regardless of when it happens. But some other things to talk about today. Joseph Osai, some practice squad updates. We'll keep it going. Coming up next. Get ready for NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And look, it's 10 days away. It's Bengals, it's Browns, 10 days away. And right now, new customers at FanDuel can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. It is the perfect time to get to FanDuel.com. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and bet five bucks and you can get in on these special offers. The time is now. Get to FanDuel.com now and do it. And by the way, the NFL season, the start of the season, it's a week away. A week. I can't believe it's a week, but yes, it is. With that Thursday night kickoff, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets with a $5 bet and $100 off season uh, the Sunday ticket, excuse me, for the season with FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Joseph Osai remained absent from practice. Not one of the players working on the rehab field on Thursday. The other... For unknown reasons, at least as far as I know, James, absence from practice on Thursday, Tyler Boyd. We'll see if he's back next week. No reason to sound alarm bells there. But Joseph Osai was inquired about directly to Zach Taylor in his press conference on Thursday. And Zach deflected again, said he'd have an update this afternoon. We don't have an update as of the time of recording this episode, which is certainly afternoon 4 30 eastern time could be that there's an ir move coming yeah i sort of expect that at this point given the injury given the time frame four weeks high ankle sprain edge rusher could need a little bit of extra time on the other end of that to make sure he's 100 percent. could be the path back to the 53 for stanley morgan jr for someone else but what's your feeling james around joseph osai today i think it's weird that he gave that answer, and I think the only assumption that you can make now is that he's going to injured reserve. Yeah. Because if it was anything else, when we asked about it on Tuesday, he said, oh, yeah, test the next few days. All right. Well, that's Tuesday. Got Wednesday. Now it's Thursday. We have what Joseph told Kelsey Conway of the Enquirer. Like, come on. Like, we know. And so I think it's more of a procedure, procedural uh, thing now where they're just going through th- going through it and maybe it is Stanley Morgan Jr. Stan I know practiced uh, on Thursday he's obviously practiced the past couple of days I didn't see him after practice in the locker room so who knows he's probably getting a, a cold bath or something like that in the cold tub just to be very very clear um, but I do think uh, that's the most likely scenario is that Joseph Osai goes on injured reserve maybe they bring back Stan the man or you could say, oh, well, what about a defensive end? Well, Raymond Johnson III signed with the Lions practice squad, and I think this bummed out a lot of Bengals fans. The Bengals have an open uh, practice squad spot right now. They clearly, if they were in on and would have told Johnson, hey, we're going to get you on the 53. We just need to put us on injured reserve first. Well, he would have taken that opportunity, guaranteed. There's no way he chose to go to the Lions practice squad over being on the Bengals active uh, roster 53-man. So – I, I do wonder if the Bengals just weren't as big of a fan of Raymond Johnson the third as the fans were, because obviously he was productive during the preseason. He was really good in a number of different roles. Looked like he could be a Joseph Osai light. So not just fans, analysts too. He was good. Paul Daner Jr. had him on the 53-man projection that he did over at the Athletic. So it, it is a bit surprising that, that he's not back. He goes to Detroit where... John Kaminsky, Aiden Hutchinson, Romeo Quara, Josh Pascal are the pass rushers. So maybe he sees with only four edge rushers on that team a path to playing earlier in the season. Uh, for, for the Bengals, though, that means, well, perhaps they're just comfortable with the four guys they have 
on the roster. Those are going to be your four active edge guys with Miles Murphy and Cam Sample being the backups. Perhaps we'll just see some Jeff Gunter. And maybe Raymond Johnson was still behind Jeff Gunter, who yeah. has been with the team for a couple of years now, did get hurt, of course, but was the guy they really liked in the draft last year. So it's possible that they approached him, said, hey, we'd like you on the practice squad. And he just evaluated a, a clearer path to playing time with the Lions because looking at their practice squad, there's no other edge rusher. He is the only edge rusher on the Lions practice squad right now. They have some guys on injured reserve that could get back and and disrupt his path to the field. But for now, there, there's a pretty clear path to, to game day if one or two things happen up there for him. Yeah, and I think that's what happened. Not that they didn't want him back at all, but that's how I, I look at this and say, all right, well, maybe they just weren't going to, to promote him to the 53 with Osai potentially going on injured reserve. So I think the Osai thing is likely we could see it on Friday. We'll see. Maybe they wait till Monday to do it, but at some point, and maybe that's just Jeff Gunter coming up. Who knows? But I think that Johnson evaluated the practice squad opportunity here and in Detroit, went with Detroit, and that happens. Demetric Felton did the same thing, I'm sure, with multiple practice squads. Obviously, Will Greer did that with, with different opportunities across the, the league. And, and real quick, just while we're on the practice squad notes, Felton will wear number 34, Greer number 7. A lot of people probably know that about Greer already. But Felton practiced on, on Thursday. And one thing that stood out, I asked Brad Callahan about Felton. They're using him as a running back. Thought he was kind of miscast in his role with the Browns where he was this weird slot receiver return guy, gadget guy. They want to see what he can do as a running back. So I do think that part is interesting and uh, we'll see how he fits in. But today was his first practice. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if he can get onto the field, onto the roster at any point. I mean, he's buried on that depth chart a little bit right now. You talk about opportunity for Raymond Johnson in Detroit, not as clear a path to game day for Demetric Felton. You mentioned, uh, I think, that you went and looked at his athletic testing back at the Combine. He, he's a smaller guy, 5'8 and a half, 183 back at the Combine. Perhaps has added some weight since then in the NFL. Ran a 4.59. Didn't have great agility testing. Didn't have great explosion testing. But is a shifty guy on tape. Can make some guys miss in space. Not a burner, but can make some guys miss and gain some extra yards that way. What, what do you think the, the path is or the plan is for Felton? If it's not just, hey, tell us about the Browns defense, tell us about that Browns playbook right now. Yeah, well, obviously that's a benefit. But I, I think the other part of it is he's – and why it was probably interesting for him is he looks at it and says, all right, well, I'd be the only running back on the practice squad. So there, mm -hmm. there's a chance there. But – to me, if the Bengals are one of these teams that said, hey, we believe in you as a running back and we want to see you there, maybe that could have been the difference. Now, as far as him getting on the field, I mean, you're talking multiple injuries because Mixon's the lead back. We know that. And all three of those guys, I think Chase Brown is going to be active next week. I do. And so now it's Travion Williams and Chris Evans. Which guy do they trust going into week one? I'm not sure. I know Travion Williams has been back the past couple of days. I know they trust him in that pass blocking role at the same time. Chris Evans had a heck of a camp. So all four of those guys are battling and, and really it's the three guys behind Mixon battling for two spots. I think Brown has one of those spots. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that. Maybe they'll make him inactive 
I would still be surprised by that today. Maybe I'll feel differently in a few days. So, so who's inactive? All four guys active or what? Uh, it's between Evans and Williams. You know, if I had to guess, I would say Williams would probably be active. Mm-hmm. They trust him in that pass blocking role. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he's got to show that that ankle is fully healthy and ready to go. Because the last thing you want is on play seven, yeah. he re-aggravates it. And, and so maybe they give him a week and they go with Chris Evans. I think it's, it comes down to Travion's health. But if he's 100% healthy, I think he would be that third down back. There's probably a little bit more to talk about here with the third down running back conversation. We'll have any other notes from Thursday ready for you to finish up the show here as well. Coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. They should not be stressful. And Game Time, it's the fast and easy way to get tickets to sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. So let's take Bengals-Browns, for instance. Ten days away, maybe you haven't planned a trip to Cleveland if you live in Cincinnati, or maybe you live in some other part of the country and you want to watch the Bengals and you're thinking about going to Cleveland Well, you don't have to plan months in advance to get tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. And they show you images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Boom, you have tickets to the event you're looking for. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, Game Time with promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, and use promo code Locked On NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There is still one open practice squad spot. Mm -hmm. Worth mentioning. Yeah. Waiting to see what happens there. And if Joseph Osai does go to IR, there could be two open practice squad spots in the near future. So that is something that we will continue to monitor to see how the Bengals would like to, to fill those spots. But that's about it on the practice squad. Is there anything else, James, that you wanted to add there? Or should we talk about these running backs a little bit more? No, let's talk about the running backs. So there's still this open question. And Zach Taylor's talked about this as far as there will continue to be a competition to see who's going to take over the the third down back role, the passing down back role, the guy they trust to protect, to get out and and to add something as a receiver on those downs. Sounds like, like you mentioned, Travion Williams, if he's healthy, is a guy that they feel has made major progress in that area this year. The injury, of course, very unfortunate for him, robbing him, the, robbing him of the opportunity to do it on the field, on games, in game situations. But if he's healthy, I, I think this is a very interesting decision as far as how do they go with the active game day 
setup and, and who's active, who's inactive at the running back position, if it's Mix and Travion and then plus one, who, who are you more interested in backing up with that plus one? If you feel like Travion Williams can be a runner for you on base downs too, if you need to, and you're not sure about Chase Brown yet as a pass protector, because I don't think they are. And Chris Evans wasn't perfect, but took major strides in that area, rebuilt some trust. This is why I seem to continue to land on Chase Brown if they do deactivate one of these running backs being the guy that would sit on game day at least early in the season. But you seem to feel another way about it. So where do you differ? Because they think he's a better runner than those other guys. From Travion on down. I, I think Chase Brown's the most explosive runner on the team. And he's gotten more comfortable as as a running back and and obviously Mixon's going to be the lead dog no doubt but brown's shown he can catch out of the backfield he, he's shown that explosion in, in practice the coaching staff is sold on that part of it he is a good special teamer too i think that's the other element here and so it yeah as a pass protector is it is it still is he still a, a work in progress there at the nfl level no doubt but he has the desire i think he has the intelligence and if you needed him to get you through a half or whatever, let's say Williams or whoever the, the veteran is that you put in that third down back roll, if you needed Brown to get you through, I think he could. So maybe they go with four active. I would be surprised. I think an active's week one are going to be really, really interesting. But it, it's hard for me as an offense to look at it and say, Joe Mixon and then Chris Evans and Travion Williams or Travion Williams and Chris Evans when the best back not named Joe Mixon, to me, best running back is number 30, Chase Brown. And that that includes hands, route running, explosion, all of those things. It's not just with the ball in his hands between the tackles. So I think he will be active. And that's kind of the logic behind it. Is, is he as good of a pass protector? Not necessarily, but he's better everywhere else, I would say. It's interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what they end up going with because I can see very clear arguments on both sides here. And maybe they just activate all of them. I don't know why you keep Chris Evans on your 53 if the plan isn't to, to make him an active player on game day. Maybe Williams isn't healthy enough. And, and he's, could be that. In a, he's in active week one. I mean, it, it could be that simple. And, and you see Evans, and he gets the first crack, and then it goes from there. I would not shock me if that's the way it goes. Could be that. So it's a... Good pass rushing team, obviously, that Cleveland yeah. Yeah. brings to, to play the Cincinnati Bengals in week one, or that the Bengals go visit in Cleveland in week one. And it's easy to remember some of these linebackers being incredibly disruptive last time these teams played, or I guess it was the early game last year when these teams played, and Sione Takitaki had the game of his life. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, also an incredibly dynamic player, very athletic at the linebacker position. Will they send a lot of blitzes with Jim Schwartz? A new defensive coordinator in Cleveland? That'll be interesting to see. I'm not sure that there's a, a heavy blitzing uh, approach with, with Schwartz up there. Just looking at the preseason, there's obviously a handful of blitzes coming from, from, his, from his defense. That's where your primary responsibilities are going to come from for these running backs. Do they want to just get these guys out there to help chip Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett? That'll be interesting as well. But I think that there's a whole conversation here 
around what the Bengals do with running backs on game day. And maybe this do? is a maybe this is a short-lived thing. I would probably sit Chase Brown because I'm more interested in backing up the the pass catching role and the pass blocking role than I am interested in backing up the runner role. And if they disagree with that, then I could I could understand why that might be. And you get your more explosive player and Chase Brown up and available, and he really showed that explosion and and, and evasiveness in the third preseason game. And hopefully, that's just a sign of the game slowing down for him and him getting more comfortable. But I, I do think that's kind of tough if you don't trust him on passing downs. I I wonder because pass catching wise, he's fine. Like it, there's yeah. no that's not a negative. Well, so he, I think he's better than Travion as a pass catcher. Chris Evans is sure, and all but he he did run into offensive tackles twice trying to get out into a pattern, and that directly led to pressures and and an interception for Jake Browning. We talked about that quite a bit too. So like that would have to be cleaned up. It's not just catching the ball and being evasive with the ball in your hands. It's also getting out into your pattern cleanly, making good mental choices. And hopefully he's learned from that, right? But that's where the coaching staff would know more than I do about whether or not he's going to repeat that mistake. Sure. I I think I would be surprised if Chase Brown isn't the first running back not named Joe Mixon to touch the ball this year, hmm. I would be surprised. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way wrong. Maybe he's inactive until week six, right? I would be surprised, though, because I think they believe in him. And yeah. even as a pass protector, I think he's made strides there, and, and they've seen that. And they're I, – I don't know if they're really super confident in any of them, to be honest with you. I think that this is going to be very fluid and could fluctuate. And it's a really big, big hole for for the sense that any hole feels big on a roster that, that feels this complete. And so it's like, all right, well, what are you going to do there? Odds are someone emerges. And it's a good problem to have if this is your biggest problem. And I wonder who it's going to be. Hopefully it's just Chase Brown. That would be yeah. the easiest way is if he – was just a dominant pass blocker week one when he had gets the three snaps or three opportunities and he just builds off that. That would be the ideal for sure. And obviously you being there, you, you having that proximity, I haven't been there for a couple of weeks now. So if, if there's a change in the way these guys are practicing, if there's a change in the way these coaches feel about Chase Brown, I would, I'd be out of the loop there. So could very well be that you're just more up to date on the running back depth chart than I am. I may be dead wrong. I may we'll be dead out. wrong, man. I, I think, uh, no, it's it's interesting. And uh, we have 10 days to, to do our research. And who knows, maybe we'll have, well, honestly, we will. We'll probably have this conversation again between now and uh, Bengals, Browns, and Cleveland. It'll be an aspect that we're talking about in terms of that matchup. And that's why we're talking about it now. But it's also noteworthy that we're nitpicking this isn't some huge glaring issue. At least hopefully it's not a huge glaring issue when the roster is what it is and you feel so good about all of the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't I can't point to a single starter on this depth chart where I'm like, oh man, that's that's a chasm. That's a big hole. That's a weak link. I, I, you just don't have that with this roster. Are there going to be tough matchups? Is Miles Garrett impossible for 99.9% of offensive tackles in the NFL to shut out for a whole game? Yes, but you feel pretty good about the starters. So when we're talking about these role players for 10 minutes, it's because that's some of the more interesting stuff on the team right now that that's still up in the air. 
That's going to do it for this week on the Locked On Bengals podcast. We're back Sunday. We've got game week coming up. That means crossover Thursday is coming up next week. We've got game previews. We're hopefully going to hear from Joe Burrow. We're on Burrow Contract Watch. Plenty of stuff going on around Paycor and the Cincinnati Bengals. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.